Hello, this is Adrian Hendricks. And Jerry Hendricks with Say One More Now Incorporated, where our focus is to lovingly confront all activities dishonoring human life created in the image of God. There is no greater dishonor to God and human life than to reject His eternal salvation only available through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us. Today, we bring you the second of a two-part meditation on Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem and His death and resurrection entitled, Misplaced Expectations. Our vantage point in time gives us a double-edged view, which provides both advantages and disadvantages. We have the benefit of many men and women, both ancient and contemporary, whose personal encounters with the living Jesus changed their lives in ways that caused changes in their environments. From their testimonies and writings, we understand what God was doing in sending Jesus to earth, and we can clearly see many of the purposes of his Father, which he accomplished in spectacularly humble fashion. But like the people of his day, we can also mistakenly expect things from Jesus which he never intended to provide for us. We share this message with you today in hopes that the Holy Spirit will open our eyes to the scriptures so we all, as Ephesians chapter 4 verses 13 through 15 says, can come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a full-grown man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we may be no longer children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and craftiness after the wiles of error. But speaking truth and love, we may grow up in all things into him who is the head, even Christ. Last week, we considered some misplaced expectations of Jesus surrounding his particularly unique entry into Jerusalem and what happened afterward. Today, we will consider one more misplaced expectation of Jesus that surfaced after he was crucified. This story from Luke 24 begins, But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came unto the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, while they were perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were affrighted and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek you the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying that the Son of Man must be delivered up into the hands of the sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words and returned from the tomb and told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now they were Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women with them told these things unto the apostles. And these words appeared in their sight as idle talk and they disbelieved them. But Peter arose and ran unto the tomb and stooping and looking in he seized the linen cloths by themselves and he departed to his home wondering at that which was come to pass. And behold two of them were going that very day to a village named Emmaus, which was threescore furlongs from Jerusalem. And they communed with each other of all the things which had happened. And it came to pass, while they communed and questioned together, that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holden that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What communications are these that you have one with another as you walk? 
and they stood still looking sad. And one of them, named Cleopas, answering, said unto him, Do you alone sojourn in Jerusalem, and not know the things which are come to pass there in these days? And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, The things concerning Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet mighty indeed in word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we hoped that it was he who should redeem Israel. Yea, and beside all this, it is now the third day since these things came to pass. Moreover, certain women of our company amazed us, having been early at the tomb. And when they found not his body, they came, saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, who said that he was alive. And certain of them that were with us went to the tomb and found it even so as the women had said, but him they saw not. And he said unto them, O foolish men, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Behooved it not the Christ to suffer these things, and to enter into his glory? And beginning from Moses, and from all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh unto the village, whither they were going, and he made as though he would go further. And they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. And he went in to abide with them. And it came to pass, when he had sat down with them to meet, he took the bread and blessed, and breaking it, he gave to them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, Was not our heart burning within us while he spake to us in the way, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together and them that were with them, saying, The Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And they rehearsed the things that happened in the way, and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. And as they spake these things, he himself stood in the midst of them, and said unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted, and supposed they beheld a spirit. And he said unto them, Why are you troubled, and wherefore do questionings arise in your heart? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself, Handle me, and see, for a spirit has not flesh and bones, as you behold me having. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still disbelieved for joy and wondered, he said unto them, Have you here anything to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it before them. And he said unto them, These are my words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must needs be fulfilled which are written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their mind that they might understand the scriptures, and he said unto them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and rise again from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name unto all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and behold, I send forth the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry you in the city until you be clothed with power from on high. And he led them out until they were over against Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple, blessing God. 
Let us not be unbelieving and dull of mind and heart, as so many were that day the angels announced Jesus' resurrection. Instead, let us ponder and believe those things we have been told in God's record. Let us recognize that the redemption is not just for Israel or just for Christians, but for all of believing humanity. Jesus said at John 3, verses 14 through 16, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believes may in him have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes on him shall not perish but have eternal life. Let us meditate on the scriptures in which, according to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4, great and precious promises have been given us by God himself, that through these we may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world by lust. Let us consider Paul's words from 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that give us the main points of belief and a sure expectation that awaits those faithful to Jesus. Now I make known unto you, brethren, the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you received, wherein also you stand, by which also you were saved, if you hold fast the word which I preached unto you, except you believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he has been raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Kephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain until now. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, as to the child untimely born, he appeared to me also. Whether then it be I or they, so we preach, and so you believed. Now if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, neither has Christ been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then is our preaching vain, your faith also is vain. Yes, we are found false witnesses of God, because we witnessed of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, neither has Christ been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is vain. You are yet in your sins. Then they also that are fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If we only hoped in Christ in this life, we are of all men most pitiable. But now has Christ been raised from the dead, the first fruits of them that are asleep. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive, but each in his own order. Christ the first fruits, then they that are Christ's at his coming. Then comes the end, when he shall deliver up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have abolished all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign till he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be abolished is death. For he put all things in subjection under his feet, but when he said all things are put in subjection, it is evident that he is accepted who did subject all things unto him. And when all things have been subjected unto him, then shall the Son also himself be subjected to him that did subject all things unto him, that God may be all in all. 
But someone will say, How are the dead raised? And with what manner of body do they come? You foolish one, that which you yourself sow is not quickened except it die. And that which you sow, you sow not the body that shall be, but a bare grain. It may chance of wheat or of some other kind. But God gives it a body even as it pleased him, and to each seed a body of its own. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So also it is written, The first man, Adam, became a living soul. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Howbeit, that is not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, then that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is of heaven, as is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We all shall not sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this incorruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. But when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be you steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Let our hearts burn within us as we contemplate exactly what it was and is that God through Jesus has told us that he will do in us and for us. Let him have free reign to open our minds and hearts to believe his truth so that we may repent and receive the remission of sins because God raised Jesus from the dead. In the midst of this world's churning and turmoil, let us rejoice for Jesus has purchased our peace with God. Finally, because of the richness of this subject, we are asking everyone to carve out some time, either today or during the week, to read or listen to the story of Jesus' last words to his disciples, their last Passover meal, the betrayal by Judas Iscariot, interrogation and beating, his crucifixion and his death. Again, all these events are recorded in the Gospels at Matthew chapter 24 through chapter 28, Mark chapter 13 through chapter 16, Luke chapter 21 through chapter 23, and John chapter 13 through chapter 21. As you read or listen to the words, allow the Holy Spirit to reveal Jesus to your heart and consider that God did all of this for you personally. See if you can identify where people misplaced their expectations on Jesus and what happened because of it. While listening or afterward, ask the Lord to reveal any misplaced expectations that you may have. Don't worry about being rejected or scolded by Him. 
He wants you to come to Him as you are, honestly and without pretense. Allow Jesus to speak to you as only He can. Trust Him to reveal to you the clarity about your life and the relationship that He so desires to have with you. Misplaced expectations will never keep you and Jesus apart again. Let us pray. Dear Lord, thank you for another opportunity to think about you, your love for us, and what you purpose to do about our condition before we came to be by your hand. The enormity of these things is almost too much to consider, but because you have placed eternity in our hearts, we can take in the glory and wisdom of your unsearchable ways. We are also stunned by the incredible patience you show for us, for you remember that we are but dust. How many times we have heard your words and misunderstood you. How often have we seen you in action in our own lives and the lives of others and not taken it to heart? How can you tell us plainly what is and what is to come, yet we respond as if your message makes no sense to us? In so many ways, we are the same as the men on the way to Emmaus, whom Jesus reproved. We are foolish and slow of heart to believe what we have been told by you through the prophets, your Son, and your Holy Spirit. Please reveal the places that keep us from believing you and help us to recognize them, forsake them, and repent of our unbelief. Yes, your ways are not our ways, but you do reveal your ways, just as a father shares his intentions with a mature son or daughter. Let us abandon our immature ways and gratefully accept and believe what you place before us. Let us assure ourselves by what you have done that even though we are in an evil and imperfect world, you are perfect, always good, and have the best intentions for us all. Thank you for the matchless love you lavish on us every day. Let us see you plainly each day and respond to you in grateful worship with every glimpse. In Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen. We at Save One More Now Incorporated encourage all listeners to seek the Lord for His calling on your life. If you faithfully spend time with Him throughout the day, you will come to know without a doubt that He really loves you and He has a purpose for your being here. You can hear this message again on our website at saveonemorenow.org. We can be reached by email at truelife at saveonemorenow.org or our telephone number in the United States, 850-727-0493. We look forward to joining you next week and ask you to remember, Life life is good. God God gives life. God God is good. good.